Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about loving people. And so, over these past couple of weeks, in this month that's known for love, and this month that's known for black history, uh, this month, February, we've been talking about love. And, and, and we opened up this, 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 this series talking about loving God, the importance of loving God. And, and, and then last week, we talked about the greatest competitor for your heart with God is money, right? But this week, we have to love people. And I want to I share with you today, coming from John, the book of John, how we can do that. If you have notes, you can follow along with me. There, there'll just be two scriptures that I'll focus most of uh, this message on, and then I'll share a few others. But there'll be two main scriptures that will kind of lead us throughout the day today. Amen? Let me bless this word before I get too deep into it. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you for this wonderful and and, and great opportunity to stand today as your ambassador. I pray today, God, that the words that flow from my mouth sound a lot like yours and the image that the people see looks a lot like you. No, I don't want to be your son, but I want to represent him today. I want to be the best ambassador for him that I can be. Oh, God, if you do me a, pl- uh, a favor, God, and bless this place this morning from center to circumference so that when we leave this place, we can say we left changed and inspired. Oh, God, we ask these things this morning in Jesus' name. All those who agreed would say, amen, 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 and amen. The first scripture I want to share with you this morning, my brothers and sisters, it, it comes from uh, the book of Matthew, Matthew 22, 36, and 34. You also find this particular scripture in two other gospels in the New Testament. Uh, two other gospels record this exact event occurring, and, 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 and it says this, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. It's funny what's happening here. Because right before this happened, uh, another religious group tried to trump Jesus up with some other questions. And, of course, Jesus being as intelligent and as, 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 as well-versed in Scripture as they were, he, he shut them down. And then these Pharisees were like, you know what, the Sadducees suck. We're better than them. We're smarter than them anyway. Let, me, let, let us give it a try. 
So then they throw this question at him, and Jesus shuts them up. But you know what I like about Jesus? He always goes a little bit extra. Because really, if, if, we, if he could have just stopped and said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your, whole, all, all your soul, all your might, all your strength, which is we find in the Old Testament, right? But he said, no, 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 no. A second one, because you guys, you Pharisees and Sadducees who are separated all into your own thing and, and, and not allowing everybody to get in close to your bosom, you guys who separate yourself from God's people, uh, let me share this one with you. Love your neighbor. Yeah, that, that would be the people out there that you won't let in here, the people that are outside of your circle, yeah, that would be them. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, when they were saying yourself, they weren't talking about the individual. They were saying, love your neighbor like you love everybody that's in your clique of Pharisees. Love your neighbor like you love everybody that's in your clique of Sadducees. Love everybody that's not in your little circle is what he was saying in essence. Step outside of your little area. And, and, and when he said that, it shut him up. Because he said it in front of not just their own peers, but other people who were there witnessing, people who were following Jesus. He's like, love them. See all these people behind me? Love them the same way you love them. And shut them right up. Here's something that came to me as I read this, and it blew my mind. I says, you know, I love studying Scripture. I mean, I sat the other day during this storm and lit the fireplace and sat there with my uh, Korean tea, which is so delicious. Thank you, Kiko. And, 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 I, and I read this scripture, and I says, there's another scripture that John says that, that I like too, but how, how do these two things come together? And God help me make sense of it. If you have your notes, there's a scripture in John uh, chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. It says this, so now I am giving you a new command. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I says, whoa, that's not a new commandment necessarily. It's worded a little bit different, but it's not new. What's, what, what is this? There's something in this. Then I thought about the audience. Love the Lord your God with all your, all your soul, all your strength is what he says to the Pharisees. Then he says, love your neighbor. Step outside of your zone. But he says, but you... The people who've been hanging with me for three years, the people who have seen me do some perform miracles, even one of you, I let walk on water for a half a second until you began to doubt. I mean, you guys who are helping me cast out demons, the ones that I love, I've washed your feet, I've done all of these things. You guys who've seen me feed thousands and thousands of people, you guys, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Love each other as I have loved you. Well, how did he do that, Pastor B? Right before he said these lines in John 13, he did what I did to Sam. They were having a meal. They were having a delicious meal. He, he gets up from his meal. They're bickering. In Luke, he records that they're going back and forth about who will get the greatest seat and who will, be the, who will get greater uh, privilege, who will be shown favor in heaven. They're going back and forth. There's this diatribe going back and forth, back and forth. And while they're doing that, Jesus just got up, wrapped the towel around them, grabbed that thing, and just started washing feet. Now, can you imagine what's going on when this is happening? I bet you—now, I'm just thinking, like, like, like Sam, he was, like, bugged out. He didn't, you didn't know I was going to do that, did you, Sam? I told you, I said, Sam, I need you to help me just grab some, hold the curtain. And all of a sudden, I make him sit down, and I'm about to wash his funky feet. 
in front of y'all. How uncomfortable is that? And then here's to make things, here's to make matters worse. People grab their phones, Sam. That's when I said, I'm definitely not going to wash your feet. This ain't going to make social media. I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that holy. Uh-uh, no, no. So I, 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 you know, I never intended on it, by the way. But I just wanted you to feel how the disciples felt. Here it is. Jesus gets up from a meal that was piping hot deliciousness, you know, could have been some chicken or, 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 or some kale greens on the sides and, and some smoked turkey or something like that. Y'all getting hungry, ain't you? He gets up, leaves his meal, walks over there, puts on a little thing. They're still bickering back and forth. And all of a sudden, he just started grabbing feet and washing them. Can I tell y'all about that whole process in itself? That, now, it was custom for, for the servants to wash the feet of distinguished guests that came to your house. It was custom to do that. But that job was reserved for the lowest slave. Matter of fact, if you did something wrong, yeah, you can guarantee you're going to be the foot washer at the ceremony, at the dinner that's happening on Christmas. So, you know, if you were a slave and you messed up, yeah, you washing feet. But why is that such a bad job? Well, you know, all of you all have covered shoes on today, right? Most of you, at least, unless you are wearing open-toe shoes, which you shouldn't. It's still winter. Okay, besides, I'm beside myself. Listen, you all have covered feet. You have on socks or stockings. Something is covering your feet. Do you know back then they didn't have nice tennis shoes or sneakers or, or boots or high heels or red bottom shoes? They had sandals, which were all open toe. And they walked in the desert. And when they walked through the desert in dirt and mud, they walked through dung. Dung is poo-poo for those who don't understand. They walked through this mess. They, didn't, they couldn't wipe it off. If they wiped it off, what would happen is the flip-flop would come up on their shoe. And now the poo is on their foot. Huh? So if I was a slave, I don't want that job, especially if you're inviting about 12 people to the crib. It's 12 of y'all. That's 12 stinky, dirty, cruddy foot. Y'all ain't seen hammer time until you've seen the feet of a disciple. Think about it. Three years walking all over the place, sharing, uh, performing miracles. Can you imagine what those feet look like? And here it is, Jesus saying, you know what? Let me get beside myself and shut them up because my time is limited. I know that tonight is the night that I am going to be portrayed and come tomorrow. I won't be here anymore by the end of the day. They are going to crucify me. My time is short. I have a very important message that I have to get out. But the only way I'm going to get it out amongst this group of nincompoops who are arguing about who's going to get favor I have to demonstrate it and illustrate it some way that they'll remember it. Aha, let me wash their funky feet. Jesus gets down and performs this foot washing ceremony. And when he does that, I, I can imagine him still having this conversation. And all of a sudden it's like, yo, is he washing my feet? Yeah, he washing my feet too. Then he finally gets to Peter. Peter, the one who wanted to always try everything Jesus did. Peter, the one who always questioned things. Peter, the, 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 the rock that, that the church was built upon, Peter. It's like, no, no, no. You ain't going to wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. You're going to wash my feet, God? You got to wash my whole body. And Jesus tells me, he says, listen, if I wash your whole body, you know, that's void of your feet. I need to wash your feet. This, if I wash your feet, then you belong to me. And that's why I didn't wash your feet, Sam. You don't belong to me. 
If I wash your feet, we'd be married, and that's just not right. And so you don't belong to me. I'm just playing. That's why I didn't wash your feet. This, 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 this occasion of this gathering between Jesus and his disciples was for a Passover celebration. He knew that he only had hours left with them, not even a full day. He could have been doing anything during this time. He could have ate, went to a private place and prayed. He could have, he could have blessed their head with oil. He could have done anything else. He says, but my final message, my final hurrah, my final boom, here it is. Let me demonstrate this real quick, and then let me tell you why I did it. And this is what I'm going to share with you all today. How, how do we demonstrate our love to each other? I'll say this. Before we can minister in love, we must first be mastered by love. Before we can minister in love, we must first be mastered by love. How do we demonstrate this? If you're taking notes, this is your first note. One, we demonstrate this sacrificially. We demonstrate our loves for our brother and our sisters sacrificially. Scripture says this, John 13, 4 and 5. So he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Many scholars would say that this was the preemptive to what was getting ready to happen. This was an example of a sacrifice that he was getting ready to make. By stepping outside of his stature, by stepping outside of all of his greatness, by stepping outside of his majesty and going to the lowest place he could possibly be, he was showing them the sacrifice in advance of what was going to happen on the next day. He did that through washing their feet. Many scholars will say that that's what he did. That was the preemptive to what was going to happen in terms of the sacrifice he ultimately made for you and I. Far too often, we prefer talking about love than demonstrating it. I, I, I use this example all the time. I can tell my wife, baby, I love you. I can tell her in every different language, yo te quiero mucho. You know, how you say it in French? Somebody help me here with my French people. How you say it in Japanese? Y'all didn't know we were this international in this place, did y'all? Huh? Where my German folk at? Somebody in here speak German. I forgot who it was. Who was that that spoke German? Russian. There it is. Russia. There it is. How we say that in the Bahamian? I love you. <laughs> we international around these parts. I can say all of that to my wife all day long. I can write her the most poetic Shakespearean uh, version of a poem to show my love. I could read her the entire book of the Song of Solomon to express my love. But if my actions don't match my words, doggone it, it's meaningless. I can tell Nikki I love you all day, but if she's in need of prayer and I ignore it and say, I'm going to pray for you and keep on moving, I did not demonstrate love. I can tell Omar I love you all day, but when he has need for something, when he needs help and I don't respond to it, I don't love him. I can tell you all day long I love you, but if my actions don't demonstrate that love that I say I have for you, then it falls on deaf ears and what I just said to you are just words. Just 
words. Jesus could have, he, he probably all over the three years had been saying, I love you guys. Scripture will even tell us he's been telling them, I love you guys. That's why I want you guys to do greater things. I love you guys. That's why I want you guys to perform miracles. I love you guys. That's why I want to give you this special gift of this. I love you guys. I love you guys. And, and, and then finally he says, you know what? I need y'all to get this thing. I, I know this is just simple foot washing to you all, feet washing to you all, but it's so much greater in that. What I'm trying to show you is I want you to love your brothers and sisters sacrificially. In other words, I want you to get out of your comfort zone like I was. Just when I thought I was really going to do it, I, I, was, I was on the line of doing it, Sam. Just when I was going to do it, I felt extremely uncomfortable. And then when I saw people with their phones taking pictures, it was out of the door, buddy. But we have to get to a place where we're uncomfortable in loving our brothers and sisters. We have to get to a place where giving when it hurts. We have to get to a place where being there for somebody when it's inconvenient. We have to get to a place where we sacrifice our own personal stuff and put the needs of others first. That is a sacrificial type of love. If I got a full loaf of bread and you don't have any half of it belongs to you, but if there are four of us, then we'll break it up into quarters so we all eat. It's sacrificial. I have four kids and I'll do that for you, even if you're single. Because I know that God will replenish our, 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 our void. He will replenish uh, what is empty. He will take care of that. That is sacrificial love. I remember one time uh, uh, being very cold. Matter of fact, we were downtown handing out socks to some homeless people. This was just a few months ago. And, and, and a brother said, man, you got any gloves? And I'm like, man, it's really cold. But you know what? I gave him my gloves. Didn't need them at that moment because I was getting into my warm car. But then we had these ice storms, which caused me to have to do some things outside. Oh, my goodness. I thought about that brother in that moment that I gave my gloves to. It was indeed sacrificial because my hands were cold. I'm from Buffalo, but I'm still not used to that because I've been down here since 93. It was cold, but it was sacrificial because I know that that brother is out there every day. I was only out there for an hour. This is why we're taking this walk uh, on March 1st. This is why we're taking this walk on March 1st. Here's the second thing. How do we demonstrate our love to each other? One, it's sacrificially. Secondly, selflessly. We demonstrate our love to each other selflessly. Scripture says this in John 13, verse 13 and 14. It says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash others' feet. Here's what I want to point out. Here's how it was selfless. He identified his position. Yes, I am your Lord. You're right. you doggone right. I am your teacher. Absolutely. But right now, I am your servant. In this moment, my lordship, my teaching, all of that, it, uh, that's still who I am, but I'm going to put that on the back burner today, and today I am your servant. Jesus himself put title uh, uh, esteem. He put all of this stuff behind him to demonstrate the type of love. Selfless love. Selfless. But, you know, the, the funny thing is he had already done that in the past, right? 
when, when, when he was saying, you know, I'm the great Messiah, I am the, the son of man, but yet he was hanging out with people that other people hated, right? When he was intentionally hanging out with tax collectors and prostitutes, he had already put his title and stuff aside to make other people greater. He'd already done that. But in this moment, he wanted to show those whom he was teaching, who he had been praying for, who he had been walking with for three years, I'm going to put my title and everything aside to show you, just to show you the type of selfless act of love that I want you all to do every day. Watch this. And I'm not talking about just the 12, the, the 12 of you. Watch what I'm trying to say. I want you to demonstrate this to the masses. I want them to see, yeah, y'all hung out with me for three years. Yeah, y'all are my, my so-called disciples, but y'all are the 12 now. There will be more even later. I want y'all to show that same sacrificial love to even everybody else. It don't just stop with y'all. When I say I want y'all to wash feet, not just the 12 of you. I want you to wash the feet of everybody who comes and needs it, who needs cleansing, who needs prayer, who needs healing. I want you to make that same selfless act of love for everyone you come into contact with. Then and only then will they know that you are my disciples. Then and only then will they know that you are my disciples. Selflessly, he gave of himself. Watch this. Let me share this with you. We do not comprehend what love does by what it is. Rather, we recognize what love is by what it does. You want me to say that again? I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it again, and you're going to put it up there for me. I kind of like that. I wouldn't mind saying it again. We do not comprehend what love does by what it is. Rather, we recognize what love is by what it does. By what it does. What does love do? Love does a lot of things. Love covers us. Love protects us. Love blesses us. Love gives back to us. Love makes sacrifices for us. Love is selfless. I can go into that whole First Corinthians thing, and you all will get it. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is all of that. And our whole faith is built upon love. Our whole faith is built upon love. If you look at our faith as Christians, the, 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 the main thing that, that, that makes us who we are is not peace. The main thing that makes a Christian what they are is not our faith. What makes us Christian is our love. We are one of few world religions that actually believe that we have an actual conversation with God. He hears us and responds back. Real talk. We are one of only a few world religions that really have a relationship that, be that we believe that is built on love with God because he responds back to us. One of a few world religions that believe that. Selflessly. Give of yourselves selflessly. Here's the third thing. How do we show and demonstrate love for each other? One, we do it sacrificially. Number two, we do it selflessly. And three, we do it intentionally. In other words, we make it our business to do it. And we show the reason why we're doing it. John 13, verses 15 and 16 says this, I have given you an example to follow. That's when he washed their feet. He says, do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master, 
nor is the mess <coughs> excuse me nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message i love this quote by a brother by the name of rodney pickett he makes this observation he says love is the identifying mark of christianity in a world of hate envy and anger love sticks out like a healthy thumb when anyone walks away from an encounter with us that person should remember our love not our convictions mm. that's a whole lot rolled up into that little quote I'm, I, if we just focused on when someone walks away from me and I'm wearing my huge badge that says Christian, or I'm wearing my I love Jesus bracelet, or I got the little fish on the back of my car, and I'm blasting 102.5, or I'm blasting the fish, whatever I'm blasting, that's Christianese, and I'm walking around pumping Lecrae and all of this stuff. Besides all of that, and I'm quoting Scripture to my friends, at the end of the day, when they leave your presence, they should feel your love, not your convictions. They shouldn't leave feeling like, man, Sam knows a whole bunch of scriptures. Man, Robert, that brother can preach. No, they should leave feeling like, wow, Akiko actually loves me. That's Christianity. They should leave your presence saying, wow, there are real Christians that actually love, that are not confined in a box and in four walls, that actually give sacrificially and selflessly. Wow. I felt love being in the presence of, 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 of La. I felt love being in the presence of the White family. I felt love. The Pierce, the Pierce family, the White family. I felt love when I left. And, and, and the beauty of it is that happens at Mosaic a lot. I get that a lot. People always say, man, I felt warm. I felt love. I felt connected. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. That Sunday morning, I wonder how you'd feel if you met some of these people during the week. I would hope it would still be the same. I will hope that they can boldly and confidently say, I felt love when I bumped into them at Publix. I felt love when I was at QT, and they went all, they crossed like five different hours. Hey, how you doing? I saw you at church the other day. How you doing? Hey, want me to pay for your gas? I got this one. I would hope y'all would do that. I re- I'm serious. Because that's love. That's love. L-O-V-E. All of the essence is love. Loving one another is a response to God's love for us. Loving each other is a response to God's love for us. First John, listen, let me, let me tell you. First John uh, 4, 20, 21 says this, and I'm going to read the message version of it because it's so right in your face. It jammed me up this morning when I was reading it. And I had to call my wife down and says, Erica, check this out, the message version. Because I was going to give you all the new living translation. But then I read the message version. And I said, come check this out. This is so different. Watch this. First John 4, 20 through 21 says this. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt, straight up in your face. Blunt. No filter. Loving God includes what? Loving people. You've got to love both. In essence, you can't be right this way but wrong this way. You can't be right with God and wrong with your people. You can't be in order with God but out of order with his people. It just don't work that way. Oh, I love God. Oh, I love God. But, oh, I'm sorry, homeless brother. I ain't got nothing for you today. 
No change, but you got a debit card where you can buy them a meal. Huh? You got at least four quarters you can rub together to get a, a, some off the dollar menu. Thank God for the dollar menu, right? I mean, I don't agree with the food, but thank God for the dollar menu. This way I don't have to tell nobody, no, I got some coins in my car. If we broke look in my car together, we can find some dimes and nickels and pennies, and I'm going to get you a sandwich with what we got. You'll eat at least a sandwich off of me, brother or sister. Thank God for the dollar menu. Huh? Real talk. Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, but I ain't calling to check up on nobody. Oh, I love God, but I'm not telling nobody congratulations on this stuff because I didn't get my way yet. I didn't get the job I was applying for, so. I love Jesus. Oh, I love the Lord, but I ain't giving nothing to the church. Man, listen, they can <laughs> always asking for money. It's all right to be quiet. <laughs> I love God. But do your actions match your words? Huh? Do your actions match your words? How, how, how often are you getting outside of your comfort zone to help somebody else? Huh? How often are you making a sacrifice beyond, beyond what's... Get out of your comfort, comfort zone and do something. This, this walk, this 30-mile walk, yeah, I'm scared as heck. I ain't even front. I've been working out with Tia, been building up my endurance. I think I can handle it because actually from where we're coming from, from here, downtown, it's only like 12.5 miles. So I don't got a 30 walk. Mine is a little shorter, <laughs> you know. I got half the distance, so I'm like, I can, I can handle that, you know. But truth is, I haven't walked that long and that much in a long time. I begin to tell myself, you know, back in the day walking college campus, you know, carrying my drum and my books, you know, I can handle it. I was like 19 years old, though. I'm like, I'm going to be 40 in, in December, so big difference. I mean, I go up and down the stairs chasing the kids. Big difference. I might miss the CrossFit. Yeah, I'm, I might have to. I might have to have you and T work with me in preparation for this. James uh, is uh, the new, you had a new location, right, or something like that? You're a CrossFit trainer now? Come on, CrossFit Smyrna trainer right there. All these healthy people in this church. My goodness, I'm going to be able to make this walk all right. I think I'm going to be able to do it. Then I got somebody helping me with my little diet situation, eating right. Come on, I'm going to make this walk. But if I'm all by myself, all right. I know G-Money in it. G-Money's sitting back there like, you know, I got you. G-Money, he'd be downtown while I'll just be hitting like, I'll be crossing 285. He'd be already down there. What took you so long? G-Money be about it, about it, baby. Be about it, about it. But I tell you. Check this out. Church history goes on to tell us that 11 of the 12 disciples died martyrs' deaths. 11 of them. They all died continuing in the faith and love of their Savior. But only one, only one was spared, and his name was John. John had a nickname, the disciple of love. John was so profoundly affected by this teaching of Jesus that he made this ambition to proclaim this command of Christ wherever he preached. The command to love one another has such an impact on John's life and ministry that in his first and second epistles, he repeats this command six times. 
He's like, okay, I wrote the book of John, but I don't think that's enough. Let me write three more letters and push the issue of love. What's so unique and wonderful about this, this book written by John is that he actually walked with Jesus. Unlike Luke, who was a friend of Paul, unlike Matthew, unlike, unlike Mark, he walked with Jesus. So when he says the most important thing there is is to love each other, I take it not, not, not for just words, but I take it literally. He walked with the man himself. It was so important to get that message across. He repeated it six other times in the other epistles. Listen, I say this all the time. If you miss every other command that God has put on us, every other thing he's ever said, and I told you there's well over 150 commands that Jesus left for us to do. They just narrowed it down, and then some of y'all get away like, you know, I could just do 10. No, no, no. Try to do all of them. But if you miss up, mess up, and miss most of them, no matter what, you have to nail love. Nail love. If you are at work and you're going to work all miserable, I don't want to be here. There's nowhere in the world you can try to convince somebody to follow you. Oh, wow, yeah, you're a Christian, huh? Right? If you're, in, if you're driving and you got the fish on your car, beep, 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 you're going to turn or what? Yeah, they're not going to be convinced to follow your faith. Huh? If, if you huffing and puffing because the drive through line is longer than you expected, then you get to the window and say, keep the chain. I ain't got time for this. Giving you all your attitude. Yeah, it'll be hard to convince them that our faith is one of love. I want you all to begin to think about that in your day-to-day. Yeah, I put the pressure on you. As you go to and fro and wherever, begin to think about your everyday, every minute interactions and encounter with the people that you encounter every day. Because every, oper- every, every, every encounter is an opportunity for you to share love. It's just plain and simple. It's plain and simple. There's no guessing about it. I'm going to leave you with the scripture and we're done and we're going to pray. I love what Paul says to the church in Rome as he was speaking to the Romans. Romans 13, 8 through 10, again, the message version. I love what he says here. He says, don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse, Don't take someone's life. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting what you don't have. And other, quote, unquote, don't you, can't think of, finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total equals love. Everything in the law code, the sum total, equals love. Jesus himself said all the scriptures, all of the commands written in the Old Testament, all of the commands point to this one thing. Love. Love. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for loving us, even when at times we don't love you. God, thank you for loving us even in spite of ourselves. There are days when we're miserable. We don't feel like we even love ourselves, but God, we thank you for loving us. There are days when we are so deep in, our, in the mud 
so deep in the valley that it's hard for us to love our neighbors. But God, we won't do that anymore. We commit ourselves to loving others the way you loved us, sacrificially, putting our own issues aside, putting our own cares aside, putting our own stuff aside, and focus on how you loved us, sacrificially. God, you loved us so much, you sent your son to die for us. God, there's no way in the world we can repay that. And so we spend the rest of our lives, God, trying our best to honor you by loving the people that you love. And that's everybody. We commit our hearts today to doing that, God. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us at our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.